0: Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today on 30 Minutes, we continue with remarks made at the 2016 Tucson Makers inspired by women. This event was presented by AIGA Arizona and held at MOCA. Attendees had an opportunity to hear five women representing a range of creative industries. Each gave a slide presentation on what they are most passionate about. First up, we'll hear from event organizer Julie Ray, followed by MC Carrie Stratford. Then we'll hear from presenters Mamta Popat and Alex Jimenez. This is part two of a multi-part series.
1: Hi, my name is Julie Ray, and I am the Tucson Makers co-chair for AIGA Arizona, and I'd like to welcome all of you. To our, thank you, to our fifth annual Tucson Makers event. We started this event five years ago to highlight the many creative professionals that we have here in Tucson, to recognize their accomplishments and work, and also so that all of us as a community could be inspired by their passion and their projects. And I know you're gonna be inspired by the speakers tonight. I just wanna give you a brief overview of what AIGA is. We're actually the largest and oldest professional membership organization for design in the country. And we have 70 chapters, over 25,000 members. And our mission is to advance design as a professional craft, a strategic advantage and vital cultural force. And you being here tonight is supporting that and our sponsors are supporting those efforts locally. Okay, so inspired by women. When I think of that, I think of Carrie Stratford. Carrie is the owner of Caliber Group, a brand marketing, digital, and public relations firm based in Arizona. She started her design business just out of college, the UA School of Art, where she got her BFA in visual communications. She has 25 years of experience in design, brand strategy, and digital consultation. And she's taught design classes at the U of A School of Art for over a decade. Her work has been featured in national design publications such as Communication Arts, Graphis, Print Magazine, and numerous books in the US and abroad. She is currently producing a documentary and launching a film festival with her husband, Herb. So please join me in welcoming Carrie
2: Stratford. Thank you, Julie. So thank you all for being here and for supporting AIGA and our women makers. I'm really excited. I know everyone's very excited to see this crowd out tonight. Uh, we uh, are, are really thrilled to be in this space. What a great space and a, and a lovely Thursday evening for us to be here um, out under the stars. Um, I hope you were all able to kind of peruse the the space and, and uh, it's great for us in Tucson to have such a fun, creative space like this, uh, dedicated to contemporary art. I think we're very fortunate to have this space, so thanks to Mocha for letting us be here. So this event is always one of my favorite events. Uh, when they asked me to emcee it, I'm like, absolutely, uh, because I always love this event. I draw a lot of the creative inspiration for my work from a lot of different disciplines. Um, and so when they told me all of the great folks that they were gonna have um, present to you tonight, I was very excited. I, um, you know, they ha- they're all coming from different disciplines and they're gonna feed your soul tonight. We had uh, a sneak, pre- sneak preview uh, this week and you're in for a big treat. They have some really great work, some really exciting projects. And if each and every one of you doesn't feel like you need to get back into the studio and do some work after seeing this stuff or pick up a new creative project, I will be very surprised. So, um, you know, we have five women with us tonight, and they all create very powerful work. They tackle important subjects um, head-on and create interesting and arresting imagery, either objects or spaces. They come from different backgrounds. They hail from different cities, different states, uh, and their creative journeys have all been very different. But the one thing that is all the, cre- the thread between all of them is their passion for their work and I think you'll be able to tell that tonight uh, they also are are great uh, and have the ability to tell uh, a, a powerful story through their work and so I think that's what you'll you'll learn tonight be prepared to be inspired so let's talk the format for the evening we have each artist they were all given a time frame and it's, it's kind of a short time frame to, to present your work. It's just kind of a daunting task to say, okay, how am I going to condense all this great work that I've been doing into a short five, seven-minute presentation? Uh, they can present on their current or past work, their favorite project, their creative process, or um, whatever their inspiration is. I think you're going to be amazed uh, by the ideas and everything that's going to come out to you tonight. Our third presenter tonight is Mumta Popat. Mumta is a professional photojournalist whose creative process is by nature a bit more on the fly, as she must tell a story sometimes as it's unfolding. She's been in Tucson for 13 years after moving here from New York. In Tucson, as a full-time photojournalist for the Arizona Daily Star, she captures portraits, daily life, Pac-12 sports, and stories that have earned her state and national recognition from her peers. She's received numerous awards from organizations such as the National Press Photographers Association, the Arizona Press Club, Best of the West, and Arizona Newspapers Association. And her work has appeared in newspapers around the country, including the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, The Washington Post, USA Today, and many others. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to Momta Popat.
3: Good evening, and thank you. Uh, Thank you for the great introduction. Thank you, Tucson makers, for inviting me to speak. And uh, I'm honored to share the stage with some really incredible women. Coming here, I was asked to speak about my creative process. And when I started to ponder that thought, I thought to myself, I don't think I really have a creative process. (laughs) In photojournalism, you're trying to tell the story in one photograph or a couple of photographs. And 90% of the time, I don't have control over the situation that I'm in. So I think my creative process is creativity on demand. I'm constantly thinking about composition, light, layering of elements, and the decisive moment as I'm shooting. So for example, in this photo, this is Camp Bravo, which is part of Veterans on Patrol. And you may have actually seen their camp near Santa Rita Park. Veterans on Patrol is a group of veterans who are trying to help homeless people, particularly veterans, uh, women and children. They are trying to fill in the gaps where they feel social services leave off. So for this assignment, I had actually been hanging out with them in the morning, and then I left to go shoot something else, and then I came back uh, later in the afternoon, and I knew at some point they would start this fire in the pit. And to me, the fire pit with the holes in it kind of reminded me of bullets, You have army tents in the background, the American flag on the left. Luckily there was wind and it was blowing in the wind. And I just sat there and I knew at some point someone would come up to the fire. I can't control the situation. I cannot tell people what to do. So I sat and I waited and I waited. And finally this girl came up and started stoking the fire and she came just before the last light of the day um, started to go down. This is John Green and Dallas, who are the father and brother of Christina Taylor Green. She is the, or was the youngest uh, shooting victim from the January 8th shooting. Out of my almost 18 years' experience as a photojournalist, this was probably one of the toughest assignments I ever had. As you probably remember, there were hundreds and hundreds of media outlets in town, and they're all trying to tell the same story. When the funeral came about you just can't let that many people in the media onto the grounds of the funeral it would literally be a media circus so the Catholic Church I had done some f- photographs of the Catholic Church and they actually asked uh, when it came time to pick a photographer to cover the funeral they asked for me so I came and um, there wasn't a lot of pre-planning for this assignment uh, I just sort of had to watch things unfold in front of me and christina taylor green had been born on during the 9-11 terrorist attacks and since she died in a tragic way there's actually a national 9-11 flag that travels around the country and it was brought to tucson and it was hung in between two fire trucks and the family was supposed to walk underneath it into the church so i knew i wanted to capture the uniqueness of this flag being in town and the family mourning in the same photo and Lucky for me, the limo did not move, and the flag is reflected in the limo. As you can see, John and Dallas are there. And sometimes I get fun assignments, like photographing a pole dancing class. And that's the best thing about this job. Is it's I, I don't know what I'm going to photograph each day. It all changes. So I knew when I got into the class, I saw that pink wall, and I thought, yes, this is going to work out great. I also love the fact that the poles are staggered, they're not all in the same line, and I was just hoping that some students would actually be on these particular three poles. And it happened. So, I just sort of photographed the class. I knew I wanted to get some legs in the foreground, and I got pretty close to the pole. I'm actually kind of glad the student didn't kick me in the face while they were doing spinnings. You don't need to see the person's face in the foreground, because it's not about a particular person, it's about the class. And You see her legs in the foreground and the two women in the background can show you what the woman in the foreground is doing so back in march the presidential campaigns descended upon tucson Uh, we had bernie sanders on a friday night we had donald trump on saturday and we had bill Clinton thumping for hillary clinton on sunday so by this point in the campaign everybody knows what bernie sanders looks like so i don't need to show his face for the editor's sake, I do need to show his face, so I got a lot of photos of him talking with the crowd behind him cheering and all that kind of stuff. And once you get those photos, we call the, in the business we call those the safety shots. So once I get that done, I can start to have fun. I can start to experiment and try different things. I'm sure we've all seen Bernie Sanders talk. He is very animated with his hands, and I knew I wanted to do something with his hands. So. You get one chance to go around and come down and be near the podium where he is. And all the other photographers went on either side of the podium. But I decided to sit right in front because I wanted to put some emphasis on his hands. If I show his face in the photo, your eye will go to his face. So I needed to block his face somehow. And so I chose to use the podium. And I just waited until he gestured, which he did on cue. Sean Miller, the coach of the U of A basketball team, he came to Tucson back in 2009 and since then I can probably estimate that I have taken thousands upon thousands of photos of this guy yelling. (laughs) So what makes this photo particularly different? Sometimes it's just a tiny little detail. It's the spit. (laughs) The spit was perfect and I love to say that I sat there and I saw that spit coming out but sometimes it's just luck. I also wanted to show, you know, the energy of the game. He's very animated. It's actually a lot of fun to photograph him. Um, we actually had a whole slideshow at work showing all the different ways Sean Miller yells at his players. <laughs> so yeah, this was one of my favorite photos. But like I said, I wanted to show the energy. Um, hopefully, you get this, uh, loudness from this photo. But then also, I like showing quiet moments in photos. And this was taken during the Old Pueblo Grand Prix uh, back in 2012. And if you remember that, it's a bike race that went around and around in a circle, which is a photographer's dream because I don't have to run around like El Tor to all different places. They just come back around where I am, and it's great. So this rider had been sort of the lead of the pack for a while, and I thought he was actually going to win. But as you can see from his body, he's starting to lose steam. He was, you can tell, I mean, well, I was there, so the pack of riders were starting to catch up with him lap by lap. Um, But I chose to put myself near the finish line. Uh, I actually used the overhead light that they had set up. I didn't use a flash, and I just waited until he came around. Um, I love the people in the background. They sort of add the ambience to the whole photo, and you still get a little bit of light from the sun going down, so it shows that it's late in the day. Back in 2014, my long-term girlfriend, Jessica, and I decided to do this just a fun little project. The tagline for the photo is, we take blank something seriously around here. So we just started doing some photos for fun, and then we went to go see a movie called God Loves Uganda. And afterwards, that movie shows the horrible treatment of LGBT people in that country. And in the movie theater, we sat there just stunned, and we were like, we need to do something. So Jessica actually came up with the idea of doing a calendar, and we decided to do photos for each month. Uh, And it was a fun project to do together. So this is, we take the Oscars seriously around here. We take back to school seriously around here. (laughs) Do I even need to say it? We take Halloween seriously around here, and we take the holidays seriously around here. Uh, So we sold the calendars, and all the proceeds went towards two organizations that are fighting for LGBT rights, uh, nationally and internationally. And uh, I think there are talks for one doing in 2018, so keep an eye for that. That's it. Thank you.
0: You are listening to Remarks Made at the 2016 Tucson Makers Inspired by Women, presented by AIGA Arizona and held under the stars at Mocha Tucson.
2: So our next presenter is Alex Jimenez. Alex is an artist, illustrator, and graphic designer, and a native of Tucson whose familial ties go back four generations. Alex received a Bachelors of Science degree from Cornell University in Animal Sciences. But the rigidity of academic research side of the field pushed her to go back to school and pursue a degree in fine art and visual communication from the University of Arizona. Alex still draws from scientific methods in her approach to mediums such as watercolor, collage, ink, letterpress, screen printing, and even animation. Her work has been featured at the Festival of Books and in the Arizona Daily Star and she's been awarded grants by the Arizona Commission on the Arts and the Tucson Pima Arts Council. Please help me welcome Alex Jimenez.
4: My name is alex my presentation is designed with our designers the visual culture of Tucson Southside. now um, as was mentioned earlier um, i went to cornell i got a science degree i took a few years off after moving back to tucson um, it took me being away in a foreign environment and a new culture to really appreciate where i came from uh, and i came back to tucson um, immediately after graduating Um, And then I went back to school to study art. Um, I had spent most of my time doing photography while I was at Cornell on the side rather than studying in science (laughs) so i knew that i needed to my calling was in the creative field and science really is creative it's the discovery process that um, i was drawn to and why i went into research in the first place but statistics and data analysis are just not my thing so i found out that in art you really can explore topics and um, for me what inspires me most is uh, my family tucson where i'm from and uh, the desert I'm a big nature person. I've always uh, tried to make work that means something to me. I use different processes to explore concepts and topics that I feel need investigation. Um, and my beginnings in photography and science really inform um, how I go about my work. This project right here uh, was done for Arizona Public Media for a storytelling project called Dimelo. And I took photos I found at the Arizona Historical Society and made these compositions kind of about storytelling and the radio. Uh, Most of my work is very process heavy. I tend to get wrapped up in process. I get myself involved in multi-step projects sometimes that continue to evolve and are always grounded in the real world. In this particular instance, dirt. As a Mexican-American and local to Tucson, I've always tried to uh, use my work to bring up issues that are important to my community. And uh, in this series here, I use letterpress as a means to uh, look at concept of uh, food deserts. And I actually didn't realize that I grew up in a food desert in the south side of Tucson. Um, where you don't have access to high quality foods. And when I was given an assignment in typography to create my own alphabet when I was at the U of A, uh, I knew I wanted to go to where I came from, which is the south side. And I uh, did this project called Aves del Sur, which means alphabet of the south. And I took photographs of signs that I saw on the streets and connected them to the buildings. And I didn't want to just take the letter forms, which I found very beautiful as a designer. I was attracted to them. But I didn't want to remove them from their environment. I wanted to keep them with where they came from, to keep that in context, to really get a sense of place. And then uh, my senior year of college, I assembled them into a geographical alphabet book. It became really important for me to stress geography and the idea of traveling through a place. And so for me, I assembled my alphabet into the location of where I found each letter. And so this is a map, and it started at five points and I went all the way south and ended at Nebraska and South 12th Avenue. And so I'm going to take everyone on a little tour of the south side of Tucson and where I came from and what I appreciate about it from a design perspective as well as a cultural perspective. It was very fitting to start at this particular mural which says Unite. Uh, South of the I-10 is a completely different world. Uh, It's fragmented, I believe from the North. Um, and so starting at this point was really pivotal for my uh, book. And as we go down the street, you'll notice that these photographs are old. They're outdated. There's a new cafe that's here at this corner now, five points market, but I took these photos in 2013 and I haven't changed them because I think it's really important to know how things have changed. And I want to include that in my work. So this is one of the businesses that has changed and I really love the colors. Um, I had so much fun as a designer working with the different colors of the area. KY Market got redesigned, and I was glad to see that now some of the original signs are still there. Uh, But it was a market before KY Market. And in my book, I included some iconic buildings because I wanted people to relate to these images. I wanted them to go, oh, I've been there. I've ate a donut there. I know that place because it is about place for me. And in addition to working on this project, I also started screen printing select images from my book. Um, I wanted to get more hands-on with what I was doing. I wanted people to be able to access my project beyond just a book. I've never bought an art book. They're expensive. And so I wanted to make something that anyone could approach. And so I started printmaking at a glue factory, and now I'm printing out of Tanline. And so with these letters, I started to question, well, who owns this business? Uh, what are they doing in there? And uh, you know, what's going on? How long have they been there? And so um, in 2014, I applied for an artist research and development grant through the Arizona Commission on the Arts. And uh, with that grant, I went and I started interviewing business owners. And I started asking them questions. I wanted to assemble a narrative about this side of town, this street, and South 6th Avenue has a deep history. It was Old Nogales Highway um, before the I-10 that was the highway. And so you'll see and notice on my tour that there are still a lot of neon signs, and that's because it was a busy thoroughfare. People would stay here, they'd shop on their way to Phoenix. It was quite commercial, and so I photographed these places. I wanted people to appreciate them and their letter forms. And this building right here, TNT, um, this market was owned by a Chinese family, and it actually, I think it was, it's was it been around for almost 100 years, and they just closed this year, so I was really disappointed to hear that th- that news, and you can tell that there's some you know, disrepair, things have, uh, paint has chipped off. But that's kind of the beauty of these signs everywhere. And this is one of my favorite buildings. Uh, this is actually Pico de Gallo has a spare building that during their prime time, before the recession, they um, sold a the spado out of their second building. And that respado menu is just beautiful with um, colors and awesome shapes for the letters. So I used it for all the other ones I couldn't really find. And so now, this adios sign means we're leaving the city of South Tucson. And to me, this is really a threshold for what I consider the south side of Tucson, across the I-10. And I grew up in the south side with all the stereotypes and negative images, but to me it was always home. And when I started going to art school, I started to appreciate the particular aesthetic the Southside had, this undesigned, yet somehow cohesive aesthetic. El Indio is in here, and I really love this mural. And what's interesting is when I started talking to people about, well, who painted your sign? There's a history of sign painting in Mexico. A sign painter is called a rotulero. And that's why a lot of the Mexican-American business owners, they just did what they knew, which was to hire someone to paint a sign. In the South Side, most often, everyone hired just someone they knew who could paint. And so this was painted by a student who went to Sunnyside. Um, The owner just asked, um, I think it was a classmate of their child. Uh, Yoli's um, unfortunately closed. But I really enjoyed the the graininess of that wood. And Maria's, I kept in here. It's gone now. It it closed uh, about two years ago. And it's really an icon. And I've kept these places that have closed because I want people to remember Uh, Remember what was there. Uh, It's really important, especially with all the development that has happened downtown. It's really important to remember what was there and was thriving. And I really um, love the A. And I did a screen print for this one as well. On my tour of the South Side, I went down Ajo. And then I turned onto South 12th Avenue. And I went down South 12th because South 12th Avenue has a microcosm of several businesses that have survived for over 40 years. And you would not guess it because this street looks very dilapidated, but um, these businesses are alive and thriving. And when I talked to Rafael, uh, who actually is uh, a friend of my grandfather's, he didn't ever want to update his sign because he said that if he did, his customers would think he didn't offer good deals anymore and he'd lose business. Um, I think he's the only one who has that concept on the street, but uh, it was really interesting to talk to him. Now, this is one of my favorite buildings, Los Amigos Meat Market. I absolutely love the rope lettering, and I was so sad because when I started doing my interviews, they had just repainted the whole building white, and then they bought a vinyl sign that just has red lettering on it. And I'm so glad I took photos of what it was. And the sad thing is that now the upkeep of hand-painted signs is more expensive than buying a vinyl, where it used to be the other way around. And particularly on the south side, where there is vandalism and graffiti, um, you can even see it on this uh, picture of Louis Market. um, On the front, the graffiti, Um, it gets expensive to keep covering and touching up. And so uh, business owners have stopped. Um, And this market, Louis Market, has been around uh, for four generations and is also owned by a Chinese uh, family. And Oasis Raspados, very famous in town, their first store was located on South 12th Avenue. And I love this building because the paint is cracking off, but it made for, like, a really interesting texture for the photograph, and then my resultant screen print had some really cool textures in the S. And there are over six tire shops on South 12th Avenue. So I had to include at least two in my book and I really enjoyed El Tigre and it's operated by a duo of two men, one from Mexico. And I had to include a truck because this truck has a beautiful design. The corn, the maiz on the corners, the close-up is really beautiful and the hand-painted of the Enya I was just really, really attracted to and wanted to include um, in my book. And this truck rolls in every morning and sets up shop and then rolls out at the end of the day every day. And there's my screen print that I did for that one. And I'll pause here at Save More Market. This is the site of my next project. I won a New Works grant from the Arts Foundation to do a mural on the side of this building. I got to be friends with the owner, Mary Rourke. Uh, She operated this business for 40 years. Um, She closed about six years ago and uh, mary is known all throughout the south 12th avenue community for her generosity and her kindness and everyone would send their kids over to mary to pick up milk they'd call her on the phone they're i'm sick can you send some soup to me she was a legend in the neighborhood and so i'm so lucky that one day when i was doing my interviews the building was closed when i took this photograph and i drove by and a car was in front, and so I pulled over and I ran up and I introduced myself, and I was able to uh, establish a connection and, and make friends with her because she's a really lovely person. And uh, she allowed me the opportunity to use her building, and so that's what I proposed. And so the mural will include images of some narratives that I've collected with my interviews from business owners on South 12th. And within each sort of vignette will be a QR scan code that you'll scan and then hear the audio of someone telling a story. And it'll be called the Talking mural, sort of a modern-day storytelling in a public art format. And the last building is also one of my favorites. And this is the only building that I know of in my book, at least, that was actually painted by a rotulero. This was painted by a sign painter from Mexico who does signs throughout Tucson, but he's the only one who did a sign that's in my included in my book. Um, and this is actually um, the site for Alejandro Stortiella. And I hope that you know through looking through all these slides and the beauty of the type that everyone thinks about the fact that uh, all of this came about as a result of a community and a culture. Uh, It didn't come out because any designers had any hand in it. And as a designer, I find that awesome. I think it's liberating. I don't think that we need to be in every place. Uh, I see places like the downtown is overly designed to the point of cleanliness and places like the south side still have that heart and soul. To them, And I really appreciate that. So um, my continuing works will be to keep working on the book. All my interviews uh, I'm going to be combining into a narrative um, that will go through the images I just showed you. And uh, my sister, Shereya uh, Jimenez, an architect, will be um, working with me on writing it. And I'm continuing to screen print. Right now I have all the letters to spell Tucson, Arizona, or AZ. Uh, but I'll keep going probably won't get through all 26 letters but just the most common ones for any designers out there interested in making their designs uh, more 2d more organic I work with tanline screen printing and Jake Williams over there is really awesome um, and lets artists use his space and that's where I've been printing out of Uh, so thank you very much
0: we'll have to leave it there today's speakers included event organizer Julie Ray followed by MC Carrie Stratford we heard from presenters Mamta Popat and Alex Jimenez. These remarks were made at the 2016 Tucson Makers Inspired by Women. This event was presented by AIGA Arizona and held at Mocha. Attendees had an opportunity to hear five women representing a range of creative industries. This was part two of a multi part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schauger. Audio to most episodes of 30 Minutes is available on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.